Hello and welcome to Q&A Quest, episode 274. I'm your Destiny Addicted host, Mike Apps, and with me as always... Uh, contemplating the trail to the miracle in the sky, David Bernie Family Master. Interesting. I can, I can explain that one for the, for the wheels of the class. Okay. Uh, Kisaki uh, is a how you would describe this homophone for uh, the, like j just a word could be, be could be re interpreted as either trail or miracle yeah i gotcha if you don't gotcha. have it written down in front of you i gotcha which is why sometimes in the script for those games you will see the word miracle treated as though it's like a very specifically a specific word being used and it's like yeah kisaki hmm Interesting. Yeah. Not really a translatable thing. Yeah. For the obvious reasons, I don't think there's a way to make those play nice. But yeah. Let's get on to what we've been playing. Yeah, uh, as the intro would suggest, I've been playing a lot of Destiny. Um, you? Why ill? <laughs> Stop with your ill. I've got a bone to pick with you. <sighs> Anyway, I've been playing a lot of Destiny. As I've repeatedly said, the game's in a very good place right now, which means I'm going back and uh, doing lots of the activities I've missed from when the game was not in a good place. And uh, <laughs> I was reminded of this because... Um, so, I think it was two expansions ago, they added new subclasses in the expansion Beyond Light. Mm -hmm. And to unlock those, you have to complete the campaign and mm -hmm. do a bunch of quests, which I wanted to do now because even though those, because they've been they've been reworking all the subclasses, so that particular mm -hmm. one isn't in a great spot. But I wanted to just unlock it anyway, just because I'm sure it's it's it will be next up to get reworked. But anyway, so I had to go through the Beyond Light campaign, and it was irritating as shit. Um, Congrats! Why uh, did you bother? Because <laughs> it's the only way to unlock that said subclass that I want to unlock. That's uh, but it's it's emblematic of all the things I disliked about previous campaigns. In that, do a story mission, and then they'll have a mission like just go to the open area and kill a bunch of shit. Like, why? Why are you making me do this? They we're in a bad place. And then, so I finished that. Story was whatever. And then realized, oh, there's parts of this subclass that aren't unlocked yet. And there's seemingly quest lines to unlock each and every little bit of this fucking subclass. <laughs> and just like... Ah, uh, gonna be okay. Yes, it's just, uh, and <laughs> they're not as bad now because I'm actually having fun playing the game, and any excuse to wander around and do more shit with all the various guns is fine. But like, uh, yeah, at the time the game was just not in great shape because. 
that's kind of that was that was the campaign that's all you, like all you had to do was mess around with that shit so yeah it was a nice reminder of how far the game i think has come and you may say well well you were probably blinded by nostalgia for the first game and couldn't see the good things this game was doing which is probably true but also it, it'd be hard to deny like all the frustrations the game has gone through and uh thankfully since the divorce from activision it's all been going uphill so i think we can see where <laughs> where the problems were coming from uh yeah uh, that's not to say there aren't some things I think are gross that I hope they won't do under now with Sony. Like, um, so one of the new dungeons, which is it's just like a three-person raid essentially, um, requires that you have bought the deluxe edition upgrade for the latest expansion, which is forty dollars. And I think that also will get you two more dungeons in the future. And it also unlocks several exotics, one of which is the one of the most absurd PvE weapons I've ever fucking seen. Both like flavor-wise and how it actually functions in the game. So the, like the flavor is it shoots sentient projectiles, which is just what the fuck. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, it's it's kind of creepy. Uh, but as far as like how it functions, like um, once you get it fully upgraded, like when you kill shit, it adds more ammo to your magazine. Uh, to the point where like mowing through hordes of enemies in PVE, I've had like a hundred bullets in the fucking thing, and just mowing through everything. So. Uh, the turn pay to win comes to mind, which, uh, I mean, it's well, not, it's not like as egregious as like, say your average mobile game, but it is, it's, it's not, it's not the best. It's not the best. So, um, I don't know. I hope they don't do that in the future, uh, but we'll see. Uh, it, it is even under Sony, they still get to pay the bills for this thing and presumably fund whatever they're working on next. So, <clears throat> that aside, gameplay wise, it's in a very good state. There's tons of raids, tons of other stuff. They're not going to sunset any more content, which is good because they already get rid of all the bad shit. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, Destiny's good. I'll believe you, about it. but I won't be playing. That's fine. Uh, shooter looters, especially one heavily involving multiplayer, not everyone's cup of tea. So, never going to say anyone's wrong for not playing it, but uh, I quite like it a lot. And as far as free-to-play games go, I quote a huge air quotes here. Um, I think when you spend money on this game, you get a lot of value for your buck, even if I don't necessarily always like how they're doing it. Yeah. All right, I've, ta I've wasted enough of your time talking about Destiny. Let's talk about Xenoblade Chronicles 3 for a bit. 
there's been, there's been a lot of chatter about it in the RP Gamer channel, obviously. And one of the things I keep seeing come up as a criticism, not necessarily from people in the RP Gamer channel, but criticism they've seen people bring up that's been leveled elsewhere is how the game can quote unquote feel like you're taking a back seat to everything. And I don't think I don't necessarily think that that's always wrong, but I don't think it's necessarily what am I trying to say here? When you're grinding through regular encounters in any RPG, I think any turn-based, real-time, whatever RPG can kind of feel hands-off when you're going through like the easier content. And I'm wondering mm-hmm. if some of the people having that sort of issue are kind of running into the problem I think this game can have where these side quests are so good you can just get yourself in a place where you're super overleveled and everything's easy and you're kind of just plowing through everything. And although playing on hard, I haven't even doing a good number of side quests I haven't hit that, I can certainly see how that can happen. Um, at the same time, I feel like the game offers a lot of ways if you're having that issue to you know, make the game more engaging. Like, even if the battles are easy, you can jump between all the characters and like try and do everything battle. Like, there's lots of things you can do that are engaging in the game that people might not even be. I, I don't even know where I'm going with this. Um, just to say that. I think anyone that's on the fence about the game should be careful to look at those sorts of criticisms because there is a lot that's incredibly engaging about the game and it can depend on how you approach it. So uh, keep that in mind. But uh, I continue to have fun with it. I don't really have anything new to say about it because I've just been going through the story and moving on, unlocking some of the classes. It's good shit. It's good Xenoblade. I believe you. Yes. (laughs) And I'm trying to set aside some time to sit down and finish uh, .hgu part 2. I'm just worried that I'm going to, like, start it and when I don't have a ton of time to play it and get caught in, like, a giant set of (laughs) cutscenes. Yeah, good luck with that. Uh, so I'm going to try and find some time to just say, okay, I'm going to play this until it's done, and then get to work on part three. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I have screwed myself into having too many games I want to finish at once, so... I can't believe it. I can't yeah. believe you would... You are not shocked. <laughs> no, I'm not even no, shocked. In fact, the time I finished, was it Dragon Quest Seven and Persona 5 in, in that few-month period was... Your most productive period yes. as a human being. Yes, and I tr- thought I could repeat it, but there were too many shiny new things, so it's not it happening. Was, it's cute that you thought it could happen. Yeah, and there's other things I want to play, like I want to play some Dragon Ball-related things, so it's, I'm entering... There's a lot of bad things that could be. You're going to have to describe that. Uh, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. 
Okay, that's good. Maybe and maybe mess around with some uh Xeno. Xeno Xenoverse is pretty Xenoverse. I almost said Xeno Saga and I stopped myself. <laughs> Monolith Soft did make a Dragon Ball game. Did they? Yeah, Dragon Ball Attack of Sands. Was it, oh, is that the good one on DS? Yeah. Not very expensive. Let me track down a copy of that. Yeah. Dragon Ball good. I'm watching Dragon Ball Super. It's very fun. Hmm. Kind of stupid, but I don't care. I mean, that's Dragon Ball. That's yeah. Probably. Yeah. I dig it. Uh, I actually got the first issue of the manga too, for from oh yeah from Target. Huh. Yeah. Also, Dragon Ball beat every other human being on the planet to the punch about making a joke about Dragon's balls. <laughs> yeah, I could believe it's that. Page, like it's on like page four. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah, Dragon Ball. Sounds like you've got your plate full. Yeah, sure do. It's the killer. Do not die. Uh, yeah, plate full. Xenoblades. I feel like at some point, because this always happens with Xenoblades, I'll probably like just take a little break Set from it. Aside for a bit. Yeah. Um. And I have a copy of not yet another Trails game. <laughs> soon uh, I don't even I don't even know what to do with that series anymore uh, I mean I'm going to finish Cold Steel 1 before I do anything else that's for sure <laughs> but when when is the best time to play um, the hell, Trails from Zero does it so matter trails from, from everything I've ever heard Trails from Zero and Trails to Azure take place concurrently with at least a couple of the Cold Steel games. Okay. So it probably so, doesn't matter all that much. I mean, if you're insistent on finishing Cold Steel 1 before playing anything else, yeah, probably. Okay. I mean, uh, it's it's just the one that I am closest to, and I feel like I've been trying to get through it for so long I need to, I need to just... It needs to get done. I, you know I what wish I mean? you luck. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I really need to grab Cold Steel 3 and 4 on Switch before they disappear, but I keep putting it off because that's $100 that I could use for other things. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I should grab one and then uh, earmark. And then I keep well, thinking I need to grab them both at the same time. I should probably just grab one. Yeah. Well, if I see them for a decent price, I will grab them. Problems. I appreciate that. Yeah. I think I've occasionally uh, seen them at Game Stops. Yeah, I'm sure they they show up sometimes. Oops. Yeah. Either that or your local retro shop, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I've been. Yeah. I haven't had luck finding literally anything at the local retro shops recently. Like, <laughs> so I've been on the pad the Pac Man World Kicks. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna find grab copies of two and three well i'm thinking yeah. of it because you know looking online they're not that expensive couldn't find either anywhere any of the retro shops uh i did well i did find one copy but didn't have the instruction manual and i i, I don't like buying old games like that because i feel like if i ever want to if i ever want to sell it that lowers the value 
So mm. I eventually got it online for like 10 bucks, fleeting bucks. Uh, that's two. And then got three in PSP for I forget how much. Wasn't that bad. But yeah, just haven't been able, haven't been finding anything. Did find, a cop did find a copy of Daxter I was looking for recently the other day, but other than that, it's just like... That's a good game, by the way. Yeah, I remember playing it back in the day. Yeah. And I sold Very it because sold it because I'm an idiot. As you do. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been ra I've rambled on a lot. You should you <coughs> should you should do some talking. Yeah, I did say I was going to. Uh, so I've. As, as was implied by my opening uh, several years ago, uh, <laughs> I started. Uh, I finished Trails in the Sky first chapter, and started in on Trails in the Sky second chapter. I am on chapter one of second chapter. Please do not ask. Um, that gives me a migraine. <laughs> oh boy, you don't know the half of it. Okay, so. Uh, so one thing I wanted to point out that I think is very uh, funny slash cruel. Uh, Trails in the Sky, first chapter, does not acknowledge being the first chapter at any point in its runtime until you hit the credits, which label it first chapter. Hmm. At, at every other time it refers to itself, it's just The Legend of Heroes, Trails in the Sky. Hmm. So that was slightly evil of them. Uh, they did not, they very much did not make it clear that this was part one until you get to the ending uh which i won't spoil even though i believe it is casually spoiled by a number of sources and sequels but uh yeah uh you you get to a point where it's like yeah they could make it there's definitely like unanswered questions the sequel should be answering but you know this is ending on a fairly uh reasonable place to end a video game and then uh, then it opens, it rips open a, a couple new plots and says, uh, that, uh, the end. Oh, well, that's <laughs> fucking evil. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm gonna guess Cold Steel's gonna do that to you, too. I'm um, sure. But yeah, um, so it's, it's a, it's a fairly strong, uh, game, as you'd expect. Uh, I think my clock for Steam says that I was playing the game for about 50 hours. Oh, that's not too bad. That is the shortest Trails game by all accounts. I think I had like 30 hours in the PSP version, so I may actually be pretty far along in that game. Yeah, if you know I'm what chapter you're in, then and I can I don't, help you determine that. I don't remember, but I will fire it up sometime in the near future and take a peek. Yeah, so uh, let's see. I got to max bracer rank. Nice. Uh, which the game acknowledges. I don't know what actually transfers from game to game in terms of saves. It's definitely not a clean one-to-one -one transfer the way a .xeu is. Mm. Uh, let me see what the save bonus is. I'm actually curious. Okay. Yeah, now I'm looking what carries from... Um, certain quests get acknowledged based on whether you finished them, apparently. 
your level carries over as long as it isn't way too low or way too high. I can't even imagine how you would finish the game outside of this range. Uh, apparently, it's it carries over your level as long as it's between levels thirty-five and forty-five. Okay. I have no idea how you would how you would finish the game at level thirty uh, below level thirty-five. That would be require you running from a lot of fights and doing very uh, way better in the uh, combat than I could. And I don't like getting to level forty-five would require just ungodly amounts of grinding. I don't even know how you would manage that. The only thing I can think of is if you knew game plus several times. Mm. Uh, uh, let's see. And yeah. So, uh, so does part, does part one get into the uncomfortable romance? Part one is client. Part one's climax is the admitting of the uncomfortable romance. Okay, a romance. Uh, you're just you're just gonna have to live with that because those characters do show up in later games, and they yeah. are definitely item as far as I can tell. Well, whatever. <laughs> I feel like somebody at Falcom was working through some things. <laughs> it's honestly one of those things where it's like. Eh, it's like the the thing that makes it uncomfortable is the words they're using, whereas like the actual circumstances are pretty normal. Yeah. But um. But yeah. Uh, and there's like some bonuses you get if you've got if you got like the highest possible bracer rank in first chapter, but when you import over the second chapter. It's not, it's not huge. Like, the thing that you're really missing out on if you don't play first chapter is that, uh... Do you know how a lot of games, when they're sequels, are sort of, like... They'll reference things in the past, but anytime they reference them, they need to have someone sort of sit down and explain what the fuck they're talking about? Yeah. Second chapter doesn't do that. Oh, uh, that seems bad. Characters in second chapter... Like, it's not bad, it's just... You weren't supposed to play this by itself. You were <laughs> never meant to play this by itself. Like, it's one of those situations where like yeah. characters will show up who were just in first chapter, and the reference, like, there will be some reference to where you last met them, but often it's not enough context on its own to tell what it meant, what <laughs> that interaction was, or what you were doing. Hmm. So it's one of those things where it's like if you don't remember the events of first chapter when you're playing second chapter, you were going to run into NPCs who are like, hey, it's you! And, you're, and your character will make some vague reference to, oh, I remember you when I was in that place. And then they'll sort of not talk about it anymore. I think the only character I would remember would be, oh, hey, it's Oliver. He's cool. Olivier, yeah. yeah. Get used to seeing him. He's in a lot of Trails games. Good, because he's awesome. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I think he might actually be in every arc. I think he's supposedly, like, the only person who's in every arc. But, And there's yeah. reasons for that, which I, I won't say because it's a spoiler. Oh, yeah, I, 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 um, I, he gives one story in first chapter that explains why he'd be doing things, and then I know what his other actual story is. Yeah. But yeah, um, it's uh, yeah. So first chapter is is quite good, uh, but 
it is one of those things where it's like it is very uh, contained and in the context of second chapter you sort of get the sense that it feels like setup because like that's part of the thing that feels very different when you're playing second chapter is that first chapter is sort is a very slow paced sort of jaunty sort of game and then second chapter kind of immediately fires off into like well now you're going here now you're going here hope you remember this place because oh, jesus uh, uh it's one of those things like you know it's it's still not like the fastest paced thing in the world but it is one of those things where it's like you're immediately moving into uh plot 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 and like <laughs> the things that you're looking for the things you know you're immediately looking for you have a much more defined goal in second chapter than you did in first chapter. First, first chapter is very much like your characters are wandering around, learning about uh, Liberal, the, the country that you're uh, in in the Trails game, uh, in the in the Trails in the Sky games, I should say. Uh, you're learning about Liberal, and you're doing that by sort of walking around it, trying to go trying to go from being junior bracers to senior bracers. The end of first chapter, you do become a senior bracer. And you've visited basically every major location in Liberal. And then, as far as I can tell, most of second chapter is you going back and forth between different places in Liberal because you already know where they are and you are already supposed to know where the hell these places are. Hmm. But because you had to do something major in every single place, there's also a bunch of people who already know who you are. <laughs> oh, boy. So, yeah, it, it's it's very much built around like these are these are not like calling it second chapter is fair because it's very much not a sequel. It's the rest of it. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. But yeah, uh, really enjoyed that. Uh, second chapter inexplicably also uh, instantly does something that forces not forces but gives a lot more incentive for replaying the game. Huh. Which is quite a choice to make in a game that I would guess is probably at least 70 hours long. I mean, it's two discs. <laughs> yeah, it was a two UMD video game. I don't think we ever got that physical version because that was a nope. 2015 PSP release. Yeah, no, yeah, we... a... hmm? yeah, I was going to say, we only got that digitally on PSP and we never even got through part three on. Yeah, PSP. Trails of the Third, which yeah. is not called Third Chapter for a very good reason. It's yeah. a very good game, but yeah. uh, but I I actually imported cheap Japanese copies of those just to have yeah have a little keepsake. Um, yeah, so so second chapter was a two UMD video game in Japan, one of the vanishingly rare two UMD PSP games, uh, and by all accounts, apparently uh, <laughs> the way data was split across it is also very. It's very strange. Uh, God, honestly, it, it sounds very not suited to portable play. Is it a back and forth one? Yeah, like you, uh. you spend a fair bit of time on the first disc, and then you spend a fair bit of time on the second disc. Then you switch back to the first disc for a while, and then you switch back to the second disc. So it's probably like different locations are on one. Yeah, I, I would be shocked yeah. if it's not a location data thing. Yeah. But that's, it, it's that a sucks, very, that, that is actually a very ill-suited to portable play concept. Yeah. 
Yeah, so tra Trails in the Sky, uh, second chapter, I'm partway through chapter one. I like Shotguns the Prologue uh, yesterday. Uh, it's one of, the, one of the nice things about being, uh, about having had all that place setting done in first chapter is that it allows this one to focus much more on like, you don't need to establish the world. You don't need to establish who the characters already are. So now you're allowed to establish how they're changing and like the development they're currently going. Uh, so it, it instantly sort of is, it, it doesn't, you know, feel like that first chapter was a waste. It's just, you know, you needed to, I needed to tell you that story so I could tell you this story. Hmm. Uh, and so that's been, that's been good. Uh, there is no way on God's green earth that I will be finished with trails. The third, by the time, uh, trails on the sky, the third, by the time that, uh, uh, trails from zero is out. So I'm just going to have to let that sit on the shelf for a bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, the, the, uh, opening of second chapter definitely has me, uh, hooked. So that's, that's good. That's, that's a good feeling. Um, let's see. Oh, and something that was very funny that I found out about, uh, when looking at when Tales, uh, Tales from Zero, no. Trails from Zero comes out. It's apparently the 30th. Uh, apparently that video game is... Uh, the PS4 version is the worst version somehow? Yeah, we were talking about that in the uh, RP Gamer General channel today. And uh, uh, Paul's actually chimed in and pointed out that uh, as far as like Nippon Ichi's games go, the PS4 mm -hmm. versions are the worst performing so i think the thought was that you know since they're doing the actual porting to pc and switch that they put the enhancements ah. there and there's no real sense in like porting those enhancements over to ps4 since that's gonna sell the worst of the three and also because that's the pre-existing code base that's the one right. that falcon self-made a while ago yeah. so they would have had to you, you have a bit more freedom when you're re when you're building the port yourself yeah but yeah, so you've got, uh, I guess it's Durante, I think that's the same, the, the people that have been contracted for Trails. I forget. Uh, ports. Is that it? Yeah. They weren't, that's not the same people that did the East Nine port, is it? I don't know who did yeah, East I don't, Nine. I don't know who did that on the Switch, but they did a really good job. Software? Maybe. Is that, that engine software? That might have been engine software. Yeah. Oh, wait. No, I'm thinking of someone else. That was, uh, a, that was a hard game to port to Switch, and I think it's actually a really good port. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, it does appear to have been engine software. Um, okay. It's going to be weird because after the uh, Crossbell games, uh, the future Switch games are going to be ported internally by Falcom. Yeah. Uh, they apparently started doing that with Trails into Reverie, which we'll probably be getting in like 2024. <laughs> uh, I, that's fine. I have so many of these. There's so many. Yeah. I was explaining this to someone like, 
what kind of madness happens when a company commits themselves this wholeheartedly to uh, making this gigantic-ass world that also uh, is full of games set in places that were like briefly referenced yeah. at some point in the past. Uh, by which I mean there is a character in Trails in the Sky first chapter who mentions being from the Calvard Republic. Do you want to guess how many games it was until there was a game set in the Calvard Republic? Just throw out like five. Wrong. Seven? Second chapter. Trails oh. the third. Trails from Zero. Trails to Azure. Trails in Cold Steel 1, okay. 2, 3, 4. Trails, uh, uh, trails, into re- trails into Reverie. Trails into Darkness, or whatever they're calling Kudo no Kiseki, takes place in the Calvar Republic. Ten games later. Oh my god. I'm just picturing somewhere deep in the offices of Falcom a room full of notes <laughs> about this world <laughs> just stacks of paper yeah uh, you know we're talking about games that have like num- amount of dialogue listed in the millions of lines so yeah I mean you just you go into those games and you just wander around and it's like oh here's you can find like random newsletters and things like that and it's like oh god I've already missed some of those yeah and it's chapter. it's just like oh someone someone actually had to write these and make sure they make sense in the world it's not it can't just be like random nonsense it actually it has to because any time it gets contradicted, you have to come up with an explanation. Yeah. <laughs> and then some of them ended up being turned into aspects of future games plots. Yeah. So that's fun. Like, I, <laughs> I mean, I honestly appreciate that sort of world building. Like, I've always wanted, like, honestly always wanted a series of RPGs to take place in the same world where you can see familiar characters and things like that. So this, this is why I've always been trying very hard to do the trails games just always getting distracted but the honest honestly they are the rpg series i've wanted since i was a kid but yeah that is we're now i can't imagine the work required to localize these things yeah we are now uh 12 games into this series what's even funnier is if you try shoving like all the the super titles that have been dropped over time uh like you know collectively uh legend of heroes like you know trails in (laughs) you could theoretically call uh like trails from zero like dragon slayer some ungodly high number uh Legend of Heroes 7 Part 1. Do the older PSP games, are those set in the same world as this? Or is that are they no. totally separate? Okay, well that's good. So the, so the way that it worked was... Oh, hey, Fireminer's uh, in chat. Hey, Fireminer. Sorry, I can't look at the chat right oh, now. Oh, he, he, was, he was asking about uh, AOI PS4 port. Oh. Oh, is that what we were talking about before? Uh, I mean, what were we talking about? The zero port. 
We were talking about the zero port. Okay. All no Kisuki is uh, trails from Azure. Okay, yeah, I think that's the same thing we were talking about before uh, Fireminer, and that um, PC slash Switch are by and far uh, Nippon Ichi's biggest platforms right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Like you can even see this in resale value. Just pop pop on eBay. They retain and, their value yeah, pop better. on eBay. Look for the Switch version of the game, then look for the PS4 version of the game. And I mean, in, in a lot of cases, it'll be like, oh, the Switch version is like eighty dollars. Oh, I can get the PS4 version for like twenty bucks. It's just it is what it is. And it's also yeah, getting a, getting access to the original code yeah. base for that Kai version and just, monkeying with it is yeah. gonna improve its own problems. Just this as far as their own development costs, it doesn't make a lot of sense for them to to, to, to like, try to back put, the enhancements yeah. that Durante is making. Yeah, like they're not they won't make that money back. Like those those versions are just not not gonna sell as well like pc switch is is where it is for the jrpgs right now and i and i i think yeah i think i think uh pause was saying it's like switch is like 10 to 1 above the other platforms too switch is where it's 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 where a lot of jrpg nerds ended up yeah it's it's the whole vita vita ds audience if all the people who played things on handheld converged on one handheld. Yes, exactly. But yeah, uh, I mean, I feel for anyone that's only getting that version to not be able to. It's not like they're getting a bad version. Yeah. To, to be fair. Yeah. But you know, it is it is a very funny circumstance where the you know, to see a game yeah. where the Switch version has higher quality textures than yes. the PS4 version. That is that is weird. But yeah. Um, Gonna say something about it, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, I okay. forgot the real hardcore Kaseki fans are all on PS4. I don't think that's actually true. Maybe in Japan, that's probably the case. Yeah, in Japan uh, for but... sure. Here, those fans were all on like PSP and Vita. Uh, I would I would actually describe it as like the PSP version of Trails in the Sky one did not sell to any meaningful extent yeah um, like it, it was a passion project doing more after that was a like financially like I, i'm glad they did it but i cannot imagine it was a financially justifiable yeah. there's a reason that uh x seed sort of stopped yeah and it's not just because x seed as a company's priorities changed but uh like you move further on in that uh with that whole thing, uh, yeah, there's a reason that they they stopped with Cold Steel too. Like they just didn't do anymore. Yeah, and there's a reason that Cold Steel three and four were very specifically ported to Switch. It's because it's one of those it's one of those things. Yeah. Like I think the well, like that was also partially the reason Falcom selected. Uh, Nisa as a publisher was that Nisa agreed to make those to get those ports to happen. Yeah, uh, like that is because Falcom, as as a company, is typically not in the business of making ports. They make a game and then other people yeah. can port them if they want. Yeah, 
Uh, and I, th- I think we were all kind of shocked and maybe disappointed when that agreement was announced. But I think uh, after uh, big hole issues, <laughs> it's worked out extremely well for both parties. It's, yeah, they, they hired on some people uh, who were involved with the uh, localizations of XT. Yeah. But also, uh, it's clear that they were aware that a Trails game cannot subsist with a bad localization that they'll yeah. like and and that's kind of the thing so like you, you might as well just not bother if you're yeah. not the trans- like just like you look at legend of heroes 3 4 and 5 the bandai uh localized and the that localization is trash and no one cares yeah um like there are people that like wish that the gagarth games had a better like collective localization but you know it's it's this kind of like wistful well it would be nice if those read well but i'm not gonna play them if they if their translation sucks let's get ready to ramble thank you jeffords thank you there he is okay please do not peek the mic um (laughs) but yeah um but yeah, it's one of those things like uh, I, I think that it would be hard to say that the series has a uh, base that is loyal to a platform in the US. Yeah. In because uh, like Trails fans are Trails fans and they will play it on whatever. Yeah. But the broader JRPG audience of like weird nerds usually has a has access to everything, but currently the most alive platform uh, among JRPG fans that this game is coming to is the Switch. That's why they're so careful with it. I've seen that for a lot of things too, even like um, the Atelier games, which in that case, a lot of those obviously run a lot better on PS4, but they still seem to be doing a lot better on Switch. Mm -hmm. And I can't speak to uh, Falcom losing JDK. I know that there's a lot of things that happened there. They lost so their drama development that. kit. Someone had I, I someone had to make that. <laughs> we have made the joke in the past. In the I past. know. Uh, what is JDK? But, it's something Dynamite Kid. It's weird. Okay. Uh, I feel like Kaseki Farmers in the chat again. I feel like Kaseki Yeah, no, that's what of, I was responding yeah. to. Oh, okay. Well, thanks. It's Sound Team JDK drove away most of the talents. Now, most music are being done by Singa. The thing I will respond to with that is uh, Falcom is not a stranger to brain draining itself. Yeah. Uh, for for good and ill, uh, you know. Uh, it, it sucks because, you know, very strong soundtracks. Uh, I would not say that Trails, in fact, has their strongest soundtracks. There's a lot of good no. music in them, but it's yeah. not like if if I were describing a series that I associate with like really like fucking good soundtracks, it's like it's more of an East thing. Like, yeah, just because the soundtracks are much more driving in East, whereas they're usually ambient or not, not really ambient, but they're background tracks yeah. in uh, Trails. And they're good background tracks, but they're, you know, it, it doesn't hurt it as much to have uh, more staid music. But uh, I mean, 
Yeah, I, I don't like the idea of them mistreating anyone on their sound team. I just sort of expect it. Yeah, but some sometimes new talent can can be a good thing. Yeah. Like when uh, Uematsu left Square Enix, I feel like there was like an explosion of new and more interesting music coming out of a lot of their games. Uh, Fireminer asks for if we breached the question about what happened on the list about what happened East between... four and five. It's actually between East three and four. The thing happened uh, after yeah. East three, like the vast majority of the company sort of left like that was the, the big brain drain that leads to like a million little companies happening that produce half the jrpgs you care about yeah but um Did they already... yeah so that's why east 4 had no internally produced version for such a very long time there was just no one at Falcon to produce like, it so they wrote mm. up a treatment for like hey if someone wants to license and make an east 4 they can and that's how you get tonkin house's east 4 mask of the sun and Hudson Soft's East for the Dawn of East. And there was actually uh, a proposed but never produced uh, Sega Falcom East for uh, that would have been presumably for either the Genesis or Sega CD, but you know, never happened. I don't know if there was ever a confirmation about what platform it was targeted at. Didn't some composer from the original East games end up somewhere? You might remember Mr. Yuzo Kashiro. Yes, that's who I'm thinking of. Yeah, he he went. I think he left after one and two, but he was he went yeah, off and one ancient. Uh, but yeah, um, so yeah, uh, they they kind of had to rebuild themselves between Eases three and five, uh, and so by the time they finished rebuilding themselves, it was near the end of the Super Nintendo era. But Super Nintendo was the most popular thing that they could yeah. build on Japanese PC market was kind of collapsing in, in, in mid free fall because like they're like the homegrown Japanese PCs were kind of dying. Yeah. Uh, you know, PC 9801 doesn't really have a successor as far as I can tell. <laughs> uh, sharp kind of, or I should say the PC 98 series, uh, doesn't really have a successor. Uh, so they kind of shifted their focus to console for a bit, and then eventually they decided that they didn't really like dealing with console uh, console manufacturers. So they switched over to uh, switched over to Windows, and that's where E6 and the revived trailer. Like I think East Eternal was actually the first thing that they did that was like their big push into Windows. Uh, yeah, uh, and that's where all the modern modern East, East port one and modern East one and two ports are all based off of East Eternal. Yeah, well, my... of... uh, you go ahead and you start reading. Yeah, speaking of Yuzo Kashiro, you played God of Protectors and other games from his company Ancient. I've played a lot of the old games from Ancient because Ancient is technically uh, the producers of things like Beyond Oasis and Streets of Rage too. But I've not played God of Protectors. Uh, see, what other games have I played? Uh, I enjoyed Beyond Oasis, as mentioned. It's a good game. Uh, Sequel, not as good. Ex inexplicably called the story of Thor in Japan. Uh, let's see. Uh, they did the Master System Sonic the Hedgehog, which is actually a good version. Uh, is that is that the same one that's on uh, Game Gear? Yeah. Yeah, I like that one. 
No it's way. got like the one good mega, uh, the one good master system soundtrack. Yeah, it's a good game. Uh, apparently, apparently, they were involved in Car Battler Joe for the Game Boy Advance. That's a weird cult classic, weird, a weird thing that I happen to appreciate. Sonic Two for Game Gear is not as good. And for I don't believe that's ancient either. No, it's kind of bad yeah. actually. Yeah, that game's uh, bastard hard for no real reason. I don't even know why, but... Who knows? But, yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, I haven't played God of Protectors. It's good, but I've just, just never gotten around to it. But yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Is he, um, the, is he the one that did some of the soundtracks for Etrian Odyssey, or is that some other... No, that was Kashira. Okay. So yeah. that wasn't as a part of Ancient, that was just as a yeah. guy. That was kick ass. But let's see, what was I gonna say something about it? But yeah, I I am I'm, I'm reaching as far I'm getting as far as I can into uh, Trails on the Sky second chapter. Uh I'm on chapter one of what is apparently nine chapters. Jesus. So that's nightmarish. Trails in the Sky first chapter was five chapters. If you were counting the prologue, Trails in the Sky second chapter is ten chapters if you're counting the prologue. I hope they're not quite as long, or I'll die. Uh, I, I can't live in a world where that game is twice as long as its predecessor, I'll die. <laughs> um, apparently, Trails the third is longer than Trails one, but uh, longer than Trails in the Sky one, but shorter than ch second chapter. We'll see. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I think we should circle this back to uh, NIS for a second because they just announced a few games today. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, most, most of which I don't give a shit about. Uh, one was uh, Void Terrarium 2. Oh, yeah. I've heard it's, of people that like that. It's okay. Whatever. Uh, but they announced a is it remake, a remaster of uh, Grim Grimoire. Oh yeah, Grim Grimoire once again, once more, or whatever. I don't like real-time strategy games, but I'm glad. That yeah, me neither. So I don't, I don't care. It's it's nice that it's happening. It's a rare game. I believe it's Vanillaware. Yeah. Uh, Exceed already beat them to the punch with the announcement I was hoping for. Oh oh. Trinity uh, Trigger. Yeah, Trinity Trigger. But yeah, I, I have no particular affection for yeah rts games and that's what grim grimoire is yeah i think the other stuff was like adventure game virtual novel nonsense that's you know stuff. good good for yeah. them keeping a broad portfolio but not for me i've got and like, of course uh, yeah. not announced joe sorry sorry what part we have been pining for Disgaea 3 port forever. Yeah, it's never going to happen. Uh, Why? I, I'm joking when I say it's never going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I think. Yeah, the we'll play it on gonna... PlayStation Plus Premium. You too. And can stream play. it, and it's horrible. Play a weird, laggy version that doesn't have the bonus content. I can play it on my wow. Vita. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to play the original PS3 version anyway. The Vita version is better. Yeah, so like that just kind of sucks. What you would expect. 
Like, I don't know if they keep doing... Well, no, they wouldn't bother with putting packaging. Printing presents is for the things that they figure they can't sell by themselves. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think they'll get, guy, uh, get to it, but yeah. Yeah, Afternoon... Like, I feel like they would have to do forward ports of Afternoon of Darkness and Dark Hero Days, and then maybe they'll get to Absence of Detention. Well, they already did uh, one. Did they port that to uh, Switch and DC? Yeah, yes. Okay, then you've got to get through Dark Hero Days before you can get to Athens of Detention. Yeah. They actually did a PC port of Dark Hero Days. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised that they haven't just, like... Dumped that yeah, on Switch. Dumped, yeah. Well, Disgaea 1 and 2 were ported to Steam, but then they did Disgaea 1 Complete. With uh, better graphics. Oh, uh, they ported the original version of one to Steam? That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. They did. <laughs> they did. If you wanted to own every version of this guy, you'd have a yeah. lot of weird trophy and like mantle pieces yeah. to the max. And then you'd also have this guy at DS. Oh god, there's too many for one is the worst the worst oh. game in the series. I'd even put it below <laughs> five, and you've heard me talk about five. <laughs> That's <sighs> yep, the one that most people. I know. I know. Has the characters? Those has those annoying characters that people seem to like. Whatever. Listen though, I want a Disgaea game where Asagi is the protagonist and Desco is the final boss. Never gonna do that because then they lose the joke. <laughs> I know, but it'll be awesome. That's the that'll joke. Be the last thing. That's, that'll be the last <laughs> thing that they produce before they go right out of business. Uh, <laughs> oh, so, oh, yeah. Nipponichi. Yeah. Oh, did you ever play that weird roguelike called um, Legacista? No, because it was a roguelike. Yeah. I, uh, I think no, because it was from the people that did those. Uh, what the hell were the names in those games? They really hated. Yeah. I think it was by the Cladoon people, so I was like, nope. Classic dungeon, Cladon. Fucking game. That is what that was. That that is what that was a shortening of. Classic dungeon. Yeah, that stupid game has a door you can walk into, in the town that goes to the end credits. <laughs> and that's how you were able to say that you would finish the game. Correct. Also, uh, and I mean, honestly, it's like, it's like they knew you needed an escape hatch out of that game. Classic dungeon. This is an RPG. Okay. They had a lot yeah. of ups and downs as, as as a company. Yes, yes, they they are idiosyncratic to say the least. Yeah. But now they have me uh, locked in because I have to keep buying Trails games yes. forever now. So that's fun. Get to do that for the rest of my life. Every every two years uh, after they finish the backlog, which is still going to be a while, in like 2025, they're going to be putting out Kurono Kiseki 1 and 2, and we'll die. But, um... God, I wonder where the... I wonder where that's sitting at at this point. I wonder... Have they announced the Kurono Kiseki 3, or have they announced... Eric? Concluded that yeah. I'm fully expecting more ports in the future. Some of the older games too. 
Like I would, I would be shocked if we don't eventually see uh, Trails in the Sky on Switch. Yeah, that would be an ideal place to play. Yeah. If we're being honest. Um, and Cold Steel one and two at some point, I'd imagine. Those exist in Japan. Do uh, they? Uh, I believe that there is an issue about the like tie-ups, the rights between who has the rights to them and... of the company that may have made them. Okay. Let me see if I can find this, just to be sure. But I do, I am almost certain the ports exist in... Yeah, Trails and uh, Cold Steel 1 and 2 Kai uh, were released in Japan. Oh, God. They gave them longer names for some reason. Because that's necessary. The Legend of Heroes, Trails and Trails of Cold Steel One Kai, Thor's Military Academy, twelve oh four, which was released uh, on August fifth, twenty twenty one, in Japan, China, and Korea. I'm trying to work out who actually made these. Um, Lordy, Lordy, look who's forty. Um, yeah, it's, it's just hard to say. Uh, if it was, if it was their Chinese partner company, the odds of us ever getting them are zero. Um, let's see. Um, Porphyrus Witch. Yeah, it was made by Clouded Leopard. It's never happening. Damn it. Um, so Clouded Leopard, for those unaware, I believe were also... Uh, they, they are the company that does uh, the Chinese version that has in the past done, like made sure the Chinese versions of them came out. to like double check this like I'm cracking down their fucking website. They do have an English website, which is a weird feeling to look at because I've never heard of a game of theirs actually coming out in English. Uh, yeah, but apparently they do uh, Chinese and Korean versions to make sure that they can come out day and date. They work very closely with Falcom. Um, but let's see, can I get yeah, like all they they do have an English website, uh, which is mildly surprising, but there is no reference to anything uh, relating to uh, like any actual like North American or European releases of any of their titles. Like all this this website's entirely in English, as far as I can tell. Oh, oh, no, wait, no. Uh, <laughs> I, I I tell a lie. There is a thing on this website talking about the. Uh, a worldwide release of Demon Gaze on Steam. Uh, Demon Gaze Extra. But yeah. Uh, Just uh, shaking my head at the camera right now. <laughs> that uh, is infuriating. What? Just the concept of Demon Gaze? The game is uh, mediocre at best. 
I reviewed it. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Uh, can we stop complaining yeah, about our type final can never stick to the final part? Even SF2 has stopped somewhere. Sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, like, yeah, but I mean, at this point, they're mostly just doing it as a joke on the fact that the original was supposed to be the last R type. Panichi published R type Final 2. Yeah, which is being upgraded to R type Final 3. Really? Yes. <laughs> Like, the, that is getting a patch to make it R-Type on all three. The fuck? But, uh... Yeah. Um... It's the final R-Type. Nope. Uh, but yeah. Oh my god, trying to finish thinking about this sentence before we fucking move on, you piece of shit. Um... So yeah, uh, when I'm looking at their uh, at Cloud of Leopard's work, uh, they might. It looks like the Kai versions, Legend of Heroes, uh, Zero, uh, Nokiseki, Kai. What? The okay, no, they. What is happening here? Like Zero Nokiseki Kai came out apparently on Switch. But only in China and Korea. Huh. Not PS4 Japan. The version came out in Japan, and the English version is an entirely new port. Huh? So I would suspect that uh, any that there's something about those ports, like those ports are likely meant to support Chinese and Korean uh, uh, text and nothing else, and it would somehow like. Between the rights issues and the text issues, I would suspect that they simply, like, those versions are hard to deal with. Uh, the, the other thing is, Cold Steel 1 and 2 and the Trails and Sky Games, like, the problem is, I think Xseed still owns those localizations. I don't think that uh, Falcom yeah. negotiated them back in any fashion. So you get the ugly choice of trying to buy the rights localizations off Exceed, which isn't impossible. I mean, it's, if any company was willing to do it, it would probably be Nisa if they could figure out a way to like get them to play ball. But also, uh, you know, it makes those versions harder if they should choose to do them. Because it's like, well, now we have to, like, there's a third company that we're dealing with, a third company that uh, we don't necessarily that you know may have some bad blood about how this uh, <laughs> whole business deal has gone down. So like that's what I would say prevents us from what makes me not super sanguine on the idea of us actually getting uh, like English versions of Trails of Cold Steel. Uh, one and two on Switch or Trails in the Sky on Switch because it's just like, yep, all those English scripts are owned by another company in Japan. Yeah, yeah they represent their own problems. Oh, problems. It is not an easy road for that series, it never has been. But yeah, um, let's see. I want to hit a question that was on uh, that was underneath 
the uh, episode 271 that we missed uh, last week uh, from staff member Strawberry Eggs. Uh, oh. As you may already be aware, the long sought after pilot for the Tune Maker's version of Sailor Moon has been found. In short, before the original anime was dubbed into English, a hybrid live action and western animated show was considered. People have been trying to find it for years until recently. Yeah, for those who don't know, uh, a company called Tune Makers pitched a version of Sailor Moon for English television before the dub that was, as mentioned, a weird hybrid of live action footage and new Western animated footage. Huh. Uh, presumably, they were thinking of like the live action footage was likely just to make the whole pro- the whole thing cheaper. Uh, in the sort of Power Rangers mold of take some Japanese stuff, but not a lot in this case, because they were also just reanimating all of it. It's just an entirely new set of Western animated Sailor Moon footage that is weird, mostly because it doesn't resemble Sailor Moon in any meaningful fashion, except for like weird things that are like tied to the Sailor Moon mythos. It's really strange. I don't know why they did this. I don't know why they would have ever pitched this. It never made any sense as a concept. But pitch it they did, and someone has found the lost pitch pilot, which apparently was just buried in the Library of Congress somehow. Huh. Um, but yeah, uh, to continue the question, in any case, I have something of a shine for lost media. That makes several of us, I would imagine, but definitely that makes two of us at the very least. Are there any pieces of video game lost media? It doesn't have to be an RPG, but bonus points if it is you are interested in. Maybe you have done extensive research into Uda Zelda or are curious about Fire Emblem Maiden of Darkness, which would have been released on the N64 DB until it was ultimately scrapped and reworked into the first GBA Fire Emblem. Yeah, there's never going to be an N64 file. This isn't me saying that Maiden of Darkness didn't exist. I do think it existed in some planning document, but I don't think any meaningful work was done on it simply because Shozo Kaka was so very uninterested in making such a thing. <laughs> he, he was like, had such weird antipathy for working on the N64. Like, there's a Fire Emblem for the Super Nintendo in 2000. <laughs> but, Jesus. Uh, yeah. Um, to look at it. Uh, though, uh, to, to answer the actual question, though, uh, there is uh, NES Final Fantasy IV. That's that's a one that's like people can't agree if that ever meaningfully entered development or not. Because like that's the other thing you run into when you're talking about games and lost media is that a lot of times a canceled game is mostly a bunch of documents and a few stray assets. Yeah. Like there's not, there's not really a game that you could recognize as a video game. Yet. Um, so like there's the, there's mock-up screens of final fantasy four NES. It's unclear where they came from. Uh, I think they have been variously confirmed and denied to have ever been real. Uh, there was allegedly some sort of Final Fantasy IV on Famicom that was in development and never happened. Mm. Uh, I seem to recall there was like a Sakaguchi interview about this that wasn't that long ago where he actually went into this a bit more. But yeah, that, that's one that like I would love to get like just a full. This is as far as it got. This is the develop. This is the pitch document. And 
and just died or whatever. I, just just close the book on that. Um, two lost Blizzard games I always wished I could play. Are you going to bring up Warcraft Adventures? I will kill yeah. you if you bring up Warcraft Adventures. <laughs> I'm bringing up Warcraft Adventures. You know that that leaked eventually, uh, right? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was apparently being made in like Russia. Uh, yeah. I mean, most of the interesting parts of that ended up as story bits in Warcraft 3 anyway. Yeah, let me see uh, if I can find where this went. But yeah, mostly StarCraft Ghost is something I really wanted to be able to play. A bunch of that leaks. A bunch of that has leaked to like a build of that the Xbox leaked, and apparently it just sucks. Yeah, it's not surprising. Yeah, like like one of the things that like I think needs to be brought up anytime there's a company that's like, oh, they never released a bad game. The answer is because they keep killing things that yeah. are sucking when they're being made. Uh, but yeah. A nearly finished version of the game was released illegally online in September 2016 for Warcraft Adventures. Probably sucks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was apparently like. Okay, cancellation. Let's see what I can find. Uh, I imagine so they, they started working on that when adventure games were big and then. When they made sense, yeah. Yeah, and they canceled it I'm... when. They didn't. <laughs> well, by the time that they were starting it, it still kind of didn't make sense. Like, 1996, like, Adventure Games oh, still yeah. existed, but they were very much on the way down. Yeah. But yeah, they bought, bought, they spent a lot of time on scripting and production, and they brought in, like, a guy who was, uh, so it was supposed to come out in time for, uh, like, Christmas of 1997. Uh, Uh, and then <laughs> the project director apparently reminiscing on it said the prevailing opinion was that the game wasn't as fun as the adventure games we had all come to know and love beyond that however even the adventure game of the time were moving to 3D so like part of the other issue was that it was like a 2D adventure game uh, yeah. like 1997 uh, then they hired on Steve Moretzky who was an old school Infocom guy to he was like the co-writer of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Planetfall, that sort of thing. Uh, and he was supposed to be sort of like sort of mentor them in how these kinds of games were made and sort of help them with like reworking and rewriting. Uh, by the time they had hired him, the game was in alpha and almost finished. What the fuck were they thinking trying to rework what the project the at that late stage? What is wrong with your project managers? Uh Voice recording and most of the visuals were complete. What did you expect to happen? Uh, let's see. I was disappointed when Scalebound got cancelled. We all were, man. We all were. Yeah. Apparently, by all accounts, the answer is that uh, it ran like shit. And was going to need to be rescoped. And that just wasn't going to happen. Okay, let's see. So Moretsky was brought in to try to review the entirety of Warcraft Adventures in detail to help them learn things. Uh, but they wanted to fix it without actually changing anything to do with the art or the story. Uh, uh, so what was he going to fix? I don't understand. If all the voices are recorded, all the art's done, like all of the, like the most you could do is maybe like add some text to like 
move some puzzles around, use some non-voice segments to like rework like the way that the game flows. But I, I don't really think there was enough headroom to actually fix this. Let's see. Uh, they ended up running into like this. Uh, so there was like a big uh, discussion about trying to revise the game that involved... They, they acquiesced to trying to make extensive overhauls of the user interface, uh, add, new game play, add new gameplay additions, and uh, update the dialogue, which is going to make this incredibly expensive. Jeez. Uh, Maratsky said he and the team moved some scenes around, a little bit of, uh, tried to be surgical to avoid heavy increases in budget development time. Uh, but yeah, um, after they uh, brought in like this guy to try to doctor the thing to fix it up, uh, they just, it looks like they just never reached a point where it seemed like they were happy with it. Poop. Uh, desperately trying. Bill Roper uh, just described the cancellation, saying the choice was difficult, uh, but reached collectively. This is all on Wikipedia, this is all public information. Uh, but the cancellation came as a relief to a team that had been, quote, desperately trying to will the game into being. So yeah, the, the game was just one of those situations where like they got most of the way through through making it before realizing that they didn't actually think it was very good. <laughs> uh, one of our Roper uh, discussing the game, saying that it was too conservative a game. Uh, I think that one of the big problems with Warcraft Adventures was that we were actually creating a traditional adventure game expected from an adventure game and very honestly what we expected from an adventure game changed over the course of the project and when we got to the point where we cancelled it it was just because we looked at where we were and said you know this would have been great three years ago uh, basically in part they saw things like Grim Fandango and were like well ours sucks compared to this <laughs> but yeah um, but yeah uh, if I'm moving out of RPGs in terms of things I would like to see. Please, for the love of God, someone release all of the extant footage of Dual Environment. I see your comment there, Joe. I see it. Comment. What are you talking about? Huh? Your comment but, in yeah. the chat. No, no, none of you are escaping this Dual Environment uh, reference. Um, hey, did you know that there was going to nope. be an Indiana Jones game a long time ago, and it was going to be just like Uncharted, but then Uncharted got announced and they scrapped it. Yeah, they showed that at E3 once. Um, well, they didn't quote-unquote show it. Well, what was made of it was apparently, allegedly reworked into Indiana Jones and the Staff of Kings on Wii and PS2. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> that was bad, yeah. In any case, uh, no, we're talking. We are talking about dual environment because dual environment is one of the most like nonsensical uh, FMV games ever conceived. Uh, oh no, no, dual environment. 
So Duel and Fireman was an FMV game uh, starring a cast of extremely 90s people. It would have been the first game that uh, Tony Hawk appeared in for some reason. Uh, just, wow. just sort of because. Uh, let's see. You were going to be like a fireman who is trying to... <laughs> who is in a dancing competition that uh, like determined the fate of who was to be rescued off of a burning skyscraper. I have so many questions. <laughs> okay, so, so the YouTube uh, upload of the trailer has some comments from people who alleged that they were uh, extras in some of the background scenes. So to pull this from a YouTube comment that is labeled 15 years ago, that's terrifying. I was an extra in the dance scene shot. Uh, dance scenes shot in the South Luke Loft in the early 90s. First time I've ever seen this. I was told this was supposed to be a CD-ROM game for 3DO on now defunct platform, where two teams of firemen roam around to different parties, making... Uh, raking in points by entertaining the doomed with musical performances, ending with a huge bluegrass showdown on the steps of the Board of Trade, the winner being signed to a record company and airlifted to safety. <laughs> the fuck? It's extraordinarily strange. There are all sorts of weird people attached to it. Allegedly, at one point, the director of the live-action footage was trying to get it released in some fashion, but there's all sorts of right issues because of the weird-ass people that are in it and the weird-ass contracts that were signed around it. I forgot that, like, Mark Mothersbaugh, Devo is in this for some reason. What? Uh, what? Steve Albini, who is a uh, famed record producer, uh, was in it for some reason. Uh, it starred... Rudy Ray Moore as Chief Crispy. It's it's weird. Don't think what? about it. It I was a really strange. You can't stop me thinking about it now. So yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah, Mark Mothersbaugh and Timothy Leary listed as Hot Dog Docker One and Two on IMDb. God. Yeah, it was it was weird. I don't know why how this got funded but there are seven minutes of footage in a trailer on youtube that's been there for 15 years go look it up if you've never seen it uh dual environment is extraordinarily strange uh i hope that someone has that footage still but yeah that's that's my uh my video game lost media that i want i want dual and all of the footage from dual environment good Doolin Fireman. Uh, yeah. Uh, see, is there anything else that sticks out to me? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I want to see whatever design documents were written up for the Skies of Arcadia sequel that was batted around and never happened. Uh... It was tentative, with tentatively announced. Uh, I don't think they ever said on the record, yes, we are making Skies of Arcadia 2. Uh, they just sort of... They just sort of 
uh, done it, never announced it, and then canceled it. Yeah, basically. Like, Skies of Arcadia Legends was sort of supposed to be a... Theoretically a lead-in to it. And... <laughs> that sold poorly, and Sega was in a bad financial state, and that was kind of all she wrote. Sega! Three, three Skies of Arcadia characters mysteriously showed up in Valkyria Chronicles. Yeah, another game that own didn't game. sell great. <laughs> nope, not at all. Hey, four was good though. It was good. Didn't say that. Didn't sell. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. None of them sold, but yeah, four was good. I, I am baffled at how it managed to get four, technically five games. There's that crappy action game. Yeah, Valkyria Revolution. Yeah. That was. was I can good. see how that one happened because not counted. Like, well, there's. There's some there's some name recognition to this, but evidently people aren't buying it as a strategy RPG. Let's try making yeah. it a bad Dynasty Warriors clone. Oops. No. Nope. So let's go back to let's go back to the core game. Oh no, no one cares. No, it, it turns out that they still won't buy it. No. I mean, we got to two and three because uh, a PSP game is way 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 yeah. less expensive than a PS3. Game. Yeah, and those games are not that great. Yeah, as it turns out, the smaller battlefields completely fucks the class balance. <laughs> and Valkyria Chronicles 2's cast is insufferable. Um, yeah. And then I think they used that engine to make a bunch of shitty Shining games, so... Oh, yeah, yeah. Didn't make it work out so well. It happened. We have to live with that. But yeah, um, give, me, give me that guys of Arcadia 2. This I don't actually want to play, but I think it would be really funny if it leaked, and that's the uh, PS1 era Witcher game. Huh. Because the first time that it was, like, they licensed that title uh, very early on. Um, they, uh, like, at a point where uh, the because, you know, Witcher's based on a series of fancy books by Andrzej Sankowski. Um, and at the time, those novels were very popular in Eastern Europe. Uh, you can find an article about this on a few places. Uh, I think the one that... I'm trying to remember who originally reported on this. But... Uh, like, if you Google for, like, 90s Witcher game, you'll find, like, Eurogamer and PC Gamer articles about it. But basically, uh, there was a Witcher game being made for, uh, let's see. Yeah, but there was, a, there was a Witcher game being made for PC in the late 90s. It looks like it was essentially sort of a Tomb Raider-esque construction. Uh, hmm. But yeah, some uh, someone licensed the the Witcher license. Uh, Sapkowski did not expect the game to be successful, nor did he even really expect it to come out. So instead of taking like residuals on the game, he uh, just accepted a lump sum for the license. Whoops! Uh, and then, whoops! Eventually, he. Eventually, he complained enough, and they just gave him some more money. But, oh, okay. uh, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, 
I wish somebody would just give me money to stop talking. I would gladly how stop much, talking. How much? <laughs> One million dollars. How about no. ten bucks? <laughs> you take ten bucks? Ten bucks will shut me up for one whole day. I'll consider this offer. But <laughs> oh, you have to price. pay me first. <laughs> I'll consider this offer. <laughs> I'm going to finish this thought no matter how hard people try to derail me. <laughs> so basically, they start making this, and uh, it got pretty far along, uh, but it. It was like all that data ended up burned on CD instead of sent rotted away, so it's all gone. Uh, the only things that were survived of it are screenshots from magazines of the era. Uh, the uh, the rights to The Witcher uh, evidently found their way from this developer, apparently called Metropolis, to CD Projekt Red. But yeah, that's that's one of those situations where it's like it it sucks to know on some sense that this is lost media. This is there is nothing of this left other than the pictures from it because like it got pretty far along and it's gone. Uh -huh. Yeah, let's see. Uh, got as far as signing signing a publisher named Topware, uh, and they released some screenshots. The technical issues and doubts on the publisher's behalf created a hurdle too high to leap. Uh, this is sourcing to the Eurogame article, the Witcher game, and it was. Uh, it sounds as though the developer had second thoughts about the Witcher's international appeal as a game based on Slavic mythology. There wasn't any drama, he says, but no one fought for the Witcher, and it just kind of died. Hmm. Uh, they got to the, they got as far as they made a playable demo of it that was apparently shown to the publisher behind closed doors at some point. But yeah. Uh, and yeah, eventually, like CD Projekt got in contact with Metropolis and just sold the rights. Uh, but yeah, uh, you can find some screenshots of that. It's a very late 90s looking ass game. <laughs> in fact, I'm going to link it in the Discord so that you have to oh, gaze at how 90s a game can look. I mean, I'm familiar with the 90s. So we lived through them, huh? We're still living, living in the 90s. Uh, but yeah. The 90s were the best. Were sure they? But they did happen. I know. The 90s happened. Now go look at the Switcher. <sighs> Alright, I thought the 90s were good. I'll agree. They're 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 great. Better, better than the 80s. The past is a foreign country. Oh, wow, that, but, yeah. yeah, that does look like a 90s ass game. It definitely looks like something you would release when you had just finished playing a Tomb Raider game. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, th those would be the video game lost media I would like to see. Uh, in terms of, like, these are games that are not... But yeah, I, I could list, like, a million more because cancelled games are fascinating, but... Like, the two things I, I always want to keep in mind when it comes to cancelled games is... Uh, one, cancelled games usually aren't far along. Like, not far enough, enough along for someone who wasn't involved in the project to see what the game was. It's just, like, a collection of assets and 
uh, and design documents, like concept art, all that shit. But like, you know, not something you can really play. Yeah. The there there are tons of like near final cancel games that have been recovered, but that's vanishingly a vanishingly small number compared to the number of cancel games that were not very far along at all. Uh, and then like you get into the the quintessential debate of is it cancelled or was it just never started? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, and the other thing is that uh, a lot of times games get cancelled for pretty good reasons. Yeah. <sighs> Ring Man Legends like, 3 probably sucked. Sorry, people. Yeah, that was probably not going to be great. Uh, especially with uh, what all we've learned about the tendency to shortchange budgets uh, under Inafune's ten- tenure. Uh, same thing with Mega Man Universe. That game was canceled because it looked like it was turning out badly. Yeah. Oh, I think um, I, I think I actually played that at uh, New York Comic Con, and it was not good. Yeah, infamously, it got bad reactions when it was shown at conventions, and then they tried, like, for some reason, it got shunted off to a mobile developer who was told to try to finish it, and then, like, but they were also instruct informed that they had to add online co-op. Like I guess Inafune was really into online co-op at the time, which, hey, oh, that God. went and tanked another game. <laughs> which one was that? The Mighty Number no. 9 got delayed and had money siphoned off because it needed online multiplayer, something Indie Creates had never done and had no idea how to do with it. Oh, God. What's, was it, did that ever, ever even end up in the game? It did make it in. No one played it because who cares? Yeah. What the fuck? Uh... There, there was just this problematic like desire that it needed to be in there for some reason. Uh, what a time. But yeah. Um, we had way too high opinion of Inafune, didn't we? It it's turns one out. of those things. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things. Like, he's, he was a businessman, as, as the all Hideki Kamiya put it. He's a businessman. But yeah. Um... Yeah, those are the things I would think. Like those are the things I try to keep in mind. It's like usually there's not a lot of game there, and usually there's probably a pretty like probably a pretty decent reason that these a lot of these things. If, if there is a game there, there's probably a pretty decent reason that someone decided against releasing. Yeah, them. and it sucks. And like I wish that those things would just get sent out to the public, but we don't. We don't get that. We don't live in that world. Like a lot of a lot of developers, especially, seem to end up seeing these as things where it's like th- these games end up as like bastions of regrets about like could I have saved? Could that project have been saved? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you want another interesting discussion uh, of a canceled project, I've mentioned this before, but. Uh, Double check to make sure I get his name right because I feel terrible if I got it wrong. Uh, there was, yeah, there's an ex Bioware employee who was there for like 20 years. Uh, called, his name's Mark Dara. He has a YouTube channel now uh, called Old Game Dev Advice where he talks about like lessons he learned over decades of working on these kinds of big games. And one of, that's, that's another piece of lost media I'm interested in. As much of the design documents as possible about uh, Jade Empire Two, which oh. we talked about before. Uh, he has a good he has a good video where he talks about that game, and 
the different iterations it went through and the problems that it ran into and the reasons that it never happened. Uh, and he talks about like various iterations of it and uh, points where it was a fairly direct sequel and points where it was a very strange, different sequel and points where it ceased to be connected to the Jade Empire IP at all. And then uh, the kind of depressing notion of uh, having to watch it die, basically. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, but, and that's kind of the thing you run into is that like part of the reason that people are sometimes reticent to talk about these things is that uh, a lot of times there's a lot of regrets attached to them. So yeah. Yeah, those those would be the video game lost media that immediately shake out in my head. It's like I'd like to see what was of this. <laughs> kind of wish Anthem had been lost media. Uh, <laughs> it should have been canceled. Ah, uh, that that game oh. seems to have been what tragically broke Mark Dara. Actually, he was the one that had to push that game across Ugh. the finish line, taking over its direction like Ugh. the last year and just get it finished. Yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of, I think about that in. Um... Some book. Which book was it? Um, Is that Blood, Sweat, and Pixels? I think it might be in that one. There's uh, something about it, but it, it's, it was just... It may have just been like an, an article on some website I read, but it was just like... Jason Trier wrote a lot about it. Yeah. I can't remember if that was just before he went to Bloomberg, but yeah. Yeah, he wrote a lot of really good stuff about it, and it's just... It's not a good story. Yeah, it's ugly. It's, it's not, ugly all yeah. the way down. Yeah. yeah. It's ugly on EA's part. It's ugly at Bioware's part. It's just an utter... It's it's not yeah. good. It's not if a good story wanna... about video game development. But yeah, if you want a, a good, fairly uh, jaundiced look at uh, how those developments went, uh, his YouTube channel is utterly fascinating. Uh like I said, it's called Old Game Dev Advice. It's extremely good, and it has a lot of him talking about things that are broader industry problems, like just talking about like Bioware magic was like a horrible internal mantra and crunch as managerial failure, that sort of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, go go watch those if you need something uh, interesting to put on uh, in the background. He has a lot of very good uh, things to say about the history of Bioware and about AAA game development. So, highly recommended. So, there was a few months ago, I remember, I think I talked about it already, but there was an article about the development hell behind Fallout 76, and I think that's also a good read. I don't know if it was Polygon or Kotaku or something, but... Oh, yeah, that sounded utterly miserable. Any which way you look at it. So, who wants to talk about Shadow of the Eternals? I don't, because what it the never really entered production. No, it didn't. Okay. It doesn't count as cancelled because it never yeah, started. Yeah, that's one of those ones oh, okay. that it's never started. Yeah, it, it failed two Kickstarter campaigns, but man, that... I don't It, it, it looked neat. The, they, it, I don't know if it's a prototype or just a video, but it's it, it looked neat. Yeah, okay. Uh, oh, well. But yeah, uh, I mean, there's a very good reason people don't trust Dennis Dyack with their money at this stage. Um... That's a man who burned an incredible amount of bridges. Don't even have words. He burned all the bridges. Yeah. All of them. Like, that's a guy who had... He burned uh, bridges that we didn't even know existed. That's the guy who had uh, 
skins with Nintendo, Konami, and Microsoft at various points throughout the mid-offs and burned literally every bridge. Um, absolutely tragicomic. Don't, don't look into what he's doing now. Um, Silicon Knights was honestly shut down for pretty good reasons, not the least of which was the like weirdo that was storing fucking uh, sexual abuse imagery on his work computer. Oh, Jesus fuck. No. Yeah, Silicon Knights. Yeah. Don't, uh, I'm fine with Silicon Knights being gone. <laughs> I thought they just went under because Epic Games sued them because of lost royalties on Unreal Engine or something. So the oh god, bad lawsuit. There's so much going on there. Silicon Knights licenses Unreal Engine three to help them make two human. Unreal Engine three has issues. They don't like Unreal Engine three. They get pissed off about Unreal Engine three. They uh, branch off of Unreal Engine three. They make their own like. Uh, according to allegations in court, uh, he said, she said about this, but basically. Siliconite says that Unreal Engine 3 is unsuitable and that essentially all traces of it end up removed from their engine. Epic says absolutely not. There's still uh, tons of Unreal Engine 3 code in this engine. Uh, the two get into a pissing contest. Uh, court ends up saying, yeah, there's copyrighted uh, Unreal Engine 3 code in this engine. Anything made in it needs to be uh, essentially destroyed. Um, Two human uh, bombs uh, compared to Microsoft's desires and expectations for it. The game kind of sucks. Uh, the X-Men game that they make for Activision allegedly goes through its own development hell. There's a few Kotaku articles about that and a few claims of reputation, but they're coming from people that I don't necessarily trust. Uh, but X-Men Destiny comes out in late ops. That's also in the uh, same engine as Two Humans, so that ends up being part of the recall as well. It uh, it tanks as a sales concern as well. Uh, it releases to mediocre at best reviews, and it's uh, it's a big old disaster for everyone involved. Uh, after that, uh, Silicon Knights starts trying to make noise about, well, we want to do Eternal Darkness two and three, and it's like you don't own Eternal Darkness. Nintendo owns the IP. Uh, so they were like, oh, well, we'll make a... Do something system. with it. I, I don't know what team you would send that to at this stage. Platinum? Anybody. Damn you, Nintendo. I, I really think, like, whenever you look at... Like, there was a pretty good video I saw a few, a few weeks ago from a YouTube channel called Good Vibes Gaming that was talking about, like, here's how Nintendo is internally structured because it's a very good primer about why isn't my favorite uh, franchise being made and the answer is Nintendo has like 12 internal teams and they're all occupied okay. <laughs> but then, they're like, occupied on the wrong projects they're yeah. occupied on things no, that make not. money <laughs> no they're not <laughs> I, I know <laughs> but yeah uh, maybe, maybe go look that up but yeah basically uh yeah, Nintendo's not going to make Eternal Darkness unless someone external successfully pitches to them. Hey, we would like to do something with that, but like, there, there's a reason they weren't working with Dayak anymore in his cadre. And there's a reason that after two human bombed, Microsoft wasn't working with them anymore either. 
Yeah, so that's that's way too much rambling, and I have Ramble talked myself. Do, I, have, do, do. I have talked myself to hoarseness, and I think we probably should just cut it, cut and run. Okay, goodbye. Goodbye. Wait, wait no, I should say, not end like that. That would be bad. Yeah, that would be very bad. Um, but yeah, let's let's just start saying our goodbyes. Okay. Uh, Gaijin's not here, but the plugging shall continue. Buy my tomorrow. book. Buy my book. It's not your book. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, if you enjoy D and D, if you enjoy the concept of uh, watching people play tabletop games and maybe actually learn something in the process, uh, then honestly, you should drop whatever podcast you're listening to and just go read Princesses of the Pizza Parlor. It's available on Amazon via Kindle or Kindle Unlimited. Uh, the author listed is Michael Yarimizu, Y-A-R-I-M-I-C-U. And uh, it always seems to brighten his day whenever uh, people read or purchase that. So, you know, give it a shot. It's also available in paperbacks, if that's your fancy. Um, Wales, what are you doing? Um, you can catch our Sunday night shenanigans, twitch.tv slash askwheels. Like multiplayer games this upcoming week will be, I believe, Turtles in Time. Uh, we've also been sporadically doing adventures and platforming, trying playing through Klonoa. We um, also forgot it was Monday. Yeah, I was supposed to do it this week. I forgot. Kind of got messed up by the long weekend. So that didn't quite happen. Maybe we'll try and do it this week. Otherwise, next Monday. But it'll happen soon. And then after that... I've got a bunch of platformers lined up, including some Pac-Man Worlds, uh, some PSP platformers, uh, and probably the new Kirby, stuff like that. And those streams I generally upload to YouTube, but it's, you know, it's I'll play the platformer and we'll generally talk about the game, the series, and stuff like that. And, that's Adventures in Platform. We we love that genre of games, and um, I think it was when we first started it, we were spurned on by stuff like uh, Ukulele coming out, <laughs> wanting to spread the love for that genre of games. So, yeah, I highly recommend you check those out. Um, just search for Ask Wheels on YouTube. You can find my channel or search for Adventures in Platforming there, and I believe... We are the only thing named that. <laughs> I should probably check that. It's YouTube. God yeah. Knows how many things are named that. Look yeah, but uh, there's a bunch of old episodes of that too you can check out where we played lots of stuff like ukulele. I played Shadow the Hedgehog. You can find that in there. Still don't know why you did that. It's for science. There's no science. Nothing was learned. Yeah, it's true. Just like when I, I bought. Um, Balan Wonderworld for science and never even streamed it because it was that boring. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, and Joe, what do you got? You can find me on twitch.tv and YouTube as smokinjoe86 SM0K1NJ0E86 hmm. um, So... 
what have I been doing lately? Um, I did, I was dabbling in some randomizers, so I did do Axiom Verge and uh, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night randomizers, and then felt like playing some Hades the other day, and then uh, I tried out Stray, and it's meh. So hmm. I'm on, yeah, so I'm well, on there. Why, and then, why uh, do you hate cats? Why do you dislike I don't hate, felines? I don't hate cats. The, the audience hate, wants oh. to know. Oh my god! I'm sorry, I hate, I'm not oh, sorry, sorry. You okay. motherfuckers can have this argument. Afterwards. <laughs> just get, just okay. finish, finish your plug. I'm sorry. So anyway, that's all my plug. It's I'm on Twitch and YouTube, and you can hear me on the shenanigans on Sunday nights. Um, and sometimes I'm on Q and A Quest as I am today, whenever I feel like it. So just bum rush us in the middle of a recording. Yes. Always welcome. Uh, as for me, uh, I have I I mostly just talk on here, but and Montenegans. But as Fireminer requested, I am working on a uh, Patreon essay that is in the final stages of. Uh, being written, and then I'll probably do some edits. I'll probably try to stick to one or two a month, because that's what I've got time for. They might end up being a little longer because of that, but oh well. Uh, currently, I have one that is most of the way done that's going to be uh, essentially me arguing that uh, making a remake like The Last of Us Part 1 is one of the most wasteful and stupid things you can do on the planet, but mostly through the lens of I don't like the idea of remaking a game uh, while doing, uh, while making, you know, sweeping changes to try to modernize its tech without uh, doing anything to its graphics. I think that's a waste uh, and actually damaging to the way that uh, the video game market functions. But yeah, that's the that's the preview. The actual essay will be much more nuanced and long-winded than that. So get ready. Sweet. Um, but yeah, that will go on to patreon.com slash game culture study. I can't remember what I called that damn thing. But yeah, uh, keep on the lookout. It'll be free, but if you want to throw me a few bucks, uh, I don't know. My Patreon my dollars just end up going to other Patreons, so consider it helping other Patreons by proxy. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, otherwise, uh, we, you can ask us questions. If you're like dear friend Fireminer here, who asked us many questions in the chat, you can ask them in the chat while we're streaming the episodes. We stream them typically Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Pacific, uh, midnight Eastern. Uh, you can also ask us questions like friend Strawberry Eggs asked in the uh comments section. That was nostalgic to see someone using comments section to ask his question again. Uh, yeah, that would, you can put them under this very episode. We try to keep track of essentially the last three episodes, so... Yeah. Uh, we'll keep, uh, uh, keep on those. But of note, you can primarily find the stream for the podcast on my channel, twitch.tv slash wheels, but we do stream on the RPG Game channel when it is open. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, if you want to, um, yeah, if you want to catch 
Uh, if you want to ask us questions in some other fashion, you can catch us on the RP Gamer Discord by going to the community tab of RP Gamer and uh, getting the Discord invite link. Put questions in the podcast section. We'll assume they're for us. Um, or we'll use them they, anyway, even if they're not for us. Yeah, we, we very well might do that. Um, but yeah, uh, you can find... But yeah, And that's a good community, whether you want to ask us questions or not. There's a lot of good discussion of things. Your favorite RPGs and everything else. So, you know, join that. It's a lovely community. But yeah. Um, otherwise, I think that about wraps us up. So, see you, Space Cowboys. See you.